0: Hello skiers, welcome back to another episode of the Big Picture Skiing Podcast. Today, you're gonna hear from Brent Armsbury again and Brent's back on the show because he is a wealth of knowledge. We're talking ski boots and specifically plug boots or race boots, very stiff, very narrow and we're gonna look at who these boots are really designed for and is it something you should be looking at or completely sort of steering away from at the moment. So I've recently moved into a plug boot but I've skied for most of my career, most of my life, not in a plug boot. So I guess there's some some context we want to get across here because he's had some situations where people have gone down that road and it hasn't helped their skiing. It's actually hindered it. So hopefully you'll have some more information on sort of what higher end type of ski boot might be uh, better for you. So that's one area we discuss. We also get into footbeds supportive versus non-supportive in uh your ski boot and so this is interesting because brent went out and at the end of the season actually skied in a pair of race boots that had a very minimal if uh barely at all supportive footbed inside of it and he talks about his experience what he felt and sort of gives some understanding as to why some people might like that experience why others might not So I think this is a great chance to get some understanding and context from two people, uh, myself and Brent, on the topic of supportive footbeds versus less supportive ones and what benefits you get from both sides of the coin here, the, the type of footbed you choose to ultimately put in your ski boot. Now I think it's really important to have this conversation with a boot fitter like Brent because if people know me, I ski with a minimal, it's a flat footbed, I don't have any support in there, I've been doing it for a long time. And I guess if you want to understand where I'm coming from, my approach to skiing, who tends to like my kind of coaching, if you're really into technical skiing, getting better, you're an instructor, you're sort of like skiing is your thing, you put all your energy in it, you love getting better. It's not just something you go around and you you go to lunch with people with. It's it's like you're real passionate, you you're a deep diver into the sport. That's where I'm coming from when I sort of talk about. Things in terms of ski equipment and the way i set things up so if this is interesting to you you can check out a lot more of my content my philosophy the way i teach things the way i set my boots up my skis up on bigpictureskiing.com, as well as an ios and android app so that will also give some understanding as to where i'm coming from because it's definitely not for everyone the footbed having a minimal one there are quite a few steps you've got to go through to get your boots set up right as brent will kind of touch on in this episode in order to make that minimal footbed that dynamic setup for your foot that's going to be working a whole lot more perhaps a little bit harder inside the boot than a supportive one but there are reasons behind it that i truly enjoy that you really feel if you go down this road so to really get that a lot more you really need to probably understand where I'm coming from, and you'll find out a lot of more of that on the big picture skiing website. Okay, enough on that. Let's get stuck into today's episode with Brent Armsbury from Park City Ski Boot. So, Brent, there is a spectrum of performance within ski boots. And today we're gonna we're gonna look at that. I'm gonna start right at the top with race plug boots. So narrow, very thick, hard plastic, designed to sort of perform on really hard snow and go really fast. Do you want to start with talking about like the design in these boots and and who they're really for and who they're not for?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Plug boots have have over the years gotten this sort of mystique of being the absolute top performance uh, boot product you could get. And of course, every World Cup racer uses a plug boot, right? And the name of a plug boot, the nickname why it was called a plug boot is because the inner, the inner shape is the smallest one they would do, meaning it's the smallest plug inside the outer casing of the, of the injectable um, shell. And so you ended up with this really thick shell wall, right? Really thick, no space inside. And then technician would go in and like, Um, you're hitting here, you're hitting there, and you would just grind out the shape of your foot and off you go the races. But the plug boot evolved from there. They, over the years, they figured out, well, we can make these boots do better on these harder conditions, on these harder, firmer um, water-injected surfaces by changing the angles of these boots. These boots were no longer just sort of copies thick shell wall copies of of boots that everybody could get on the market, they started changing the forward lean, they changed the ramp, they changed the outward cant of the boot, they changed the height of the cuff, they changed also where your foot was positioning inside them a little bit, either inboard or outboard, or whether you were abducted or adducted. So the race departments were always like what is it that makes our racers go faster? bottom line that's all they did it's no different than like a formula 1 race car right i mean the early formula 1 cars were just like lightweight bodies with big engines and but not much different in terms of the tires and everything you could get stock now look at an f1 race car it's all carbon fiber it's a it's a it's a computerized controlled hyper built motor to produce maximum horsepower for short periods of time it's nothing like a car you would use to go get groceries with right it's absolutely a completely different machine and that's where plug boots have gone these boots have become fine-tuned for maximum edge angles on hard snow at full throttle right and so they really don't they look like their free ride you know cousins but they don't perform like their free ride cousins because they're they're built and angled differently. And so if you don't have a strong skill set, if you're not carving simultaneously making trenches in the snow, these boots on your feet are going to make you feel very, very different, if anything, even maybe out of balance at first. Because they're putting so much energy into the turn. They're putting so much more um, input into your ski than you're used to that you're not quite sure, you know, what to do with all that. And so there's a there's definitely a skill set you need to have to kind of qualify to use these boots.
0: So I would say, I mean, along that you've like perf- uh, performance on the snow wise, we we're talking about how you want to be pretty comfortable on a blue, decent blue run to be railing those turns clean, two clean edges, outside ski, inside ski from top to bottom Lincoln turns and comfortable going with a bit of speed. Like these things, like you've got, you've got to be okay going with, with speed. Cause they're just going to punish all the little errors you make at slower speeds with their precision fit and, and, and stiffness of um, plastic.
1: Absolutely. Um, there is a bit of a, a misunderstanding with these boots is that because they fit narrower, then why don't people with just narrow feet buy them? With, I mean, that's like a one plus one equals two. Oh, I have super narrow, low volume feet. And the only thing that seems to fit the description of my feet is this low volume narrow fitting race boot plug boot so i just get a pair of plug boots right i fit i've solved my fit problem but there's a problem right there's a paradox here you're not in a boot that's actually helping you balance better until you have this capacity in your skiing the ability to rail edge to edge and even then you may not find this boot to be the most comfortable device to use in a wide range of conditions. A plug boot, full world cup race boot is not the preferred choice to go powder skiing in. No. It's going to put weight. I mean, you can't really, it doesn't want to promote a good scarf, right? A good smearing effect. Um,
0: so, and kind of, and even when, you know, when your ankle flexes, your boot's going to shove the tip down. So you you may be hitting some bumpy terrain. You, your ankle doesn't just flex as an absorber. It flexes yeah. and shoves the tip down. And then the tail's going to, it's just going to not have, have as much give there.
1: Correct. And, and because a plug boot has a higher back, right? It's higher. It has more forward lean. So if you make the fatal mistake of leaning back in one of these boots, the punishment is immediate. I mean, the the tips will absolutely squirt out. The whole ski will squirt out from underneath you and leave you completely out of balance. You have to be forward on the boot all the time. So there's no forgiveness. There's zero forgiveness in your skiing for these. So yeah, on a nice, smooth surface with linked carving turns, you can master these boots, but you have to have a baseline in your skill set. And so if you have these low volume feet, that you say, well, one plus one equals two, I should just get a narrow fitting boot. And you don't have the skill set to work with this level of boot. It's not going to work out in the end. You're not going to feel balanced. You're not going to run a flat ski. You're not going to feel like there's any sort of forgiveness for any errors in your technique. You you could potentially go backwards in your ski technique because you're going to find yourself trying to overcompensate for what this boot is trying to do.
0: Yep. And I guess we're having this conversation because you've seen people come in with this problem that they don't have the skill set that we just mentioned, but they're in a full on race plug boot trying to ski around doing more m- medium level performance and even instructing low level stuff. And they're wondering why they're having such a hard time. So I think you've got to be. I guess I'll give a, give a story. Like I only went to a proper 150 plug boot this season and I've skied all my life prior to that without having a plug boot and done fine. And the only reason I went there was, uh, because I said to myself, if I'm going to ski in New Zealand, I'm going to ski in Australia on harder snow, go faster and really push it. And there's going to be more energy, more forces on me. I feel like I need a little bit more than what I've got. And I'm ready for that, but I was having a great time. I could ski all that sort of stuff and still be okay and fine. And uh, but I could feel that there was like a little bit of performance missing there. So I was re- ready for that. But if you don't really get to the point where you've maxed out your current boots, like as you said, wrung out every single last bit of performance, I don't think it's really necessary to to, to move up. You'll you'll kind of miss all the learning you get from really getting the juice out of you know, what currently boots you're skiing in.
1: Right. And it's not something sometimes even moving up it's you're trading. Right. So in a plug boot. Yeah. You're moving up, but you have to trade. You have to give something up to get that move up. And that is you're giving up sort of a, a slackness, a buffer, um, so the ability to kind of back off when you want to. Um, these boots want you, and they, they inspire you to ski at full gas, right? Full throttle, sure. full gas. I have a pair of blood boots. I've gone out and skied on them. How much do I ski on them? Very little. And because it's kind of like when I had a motorcycle with 160 horsepower on a lightweight frame. It was really fun to ring the throttle and go 150 miles an hour on the freeway, but it wasn't really good for me. And that's the same Mm -hmm. thing with my skiing, like taking a pair of plug boots out and skiing on them. I'm not going to ski on them in conditions where it's bumpy, lumpy, uh, sketchy, early season stuff. I'm going to make sure it's really nicely groomed. It's early in the morning, there's nobody out there, and I can just put full gas, full throttle. And I can ski them for three or four laps. My heart rate's really up, up there. I've, I'm completely focused on every turn, what my feet are doing. I'm on the right ski, right? I'm on, a, on a, a racing carving type ski. And I'm giving it 100 plus percent for four runs. And then I'm done, right? That That's, that's it. That's all I can put out there for that. And I'll, then I'll just go back, switch my boots to a good old freeride boot. And I can have fun. And blow around the mountain for the rest of the day. Because I understand that 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 boot, that's what it wants. That's what I have to deliver to make it work. If I'm going to compromise and say, ah, this plug boot, it's going to be great for the rest of the day. I'm going to go see a bunch of bumps and powder and goof off. It's not going to be good. I'm going to work way too hard. I'm going to have to put too much focus, too much energy all the time and, and there's some things I won't be able to do with the boot. I can't really always just schmear. I can't just um relax okay and be a little lazy okay and sometimes in skiing it's fun to be a little lazy you get to be goofy right you can totally. you can do things to just kind of back off and catch your breath for a run or two and be a little lazy and then go at it again. A plug boot by design doesn't want you to go there. It, yep it, it, the forward lean the angles the high backs the thick plastic is just sending all this information to you all the time and that's what it's supposed to do but we don't always want to ski that way so you yep. have to be careful in making a choice for these type of boots and saying oh I'm ready I want to be an all-star skier so I'm going to get this World Cup plug boot and I'll get it fit and dial it in mm. Be careful, right? Like, be careful with that choice. It may not be very unlikely it will be a good daily driver.
0: And I think you're the the other mistake, the other mistake you're mentioning people made in going to a plug boot was just the narrowness factor because they are narrower than a lot of the other narrow boots out there. And so, maybe you just want to comment on on that.
1: Yeah. I've had clients come to me and say, hey, I have super narrow, low volume feet, and I read that these boots will fit narrow, low volume feet. And they they buy into that, and they get in these boots, and all of a sudden, things are not working out. They don't feel like they're riding flat. They don't feel like they're balanced. Um, We've had clients go out and go, oh, it's got to be the canting, so they go get them. Canted it differently and then somebody says this way and somebody says that way and then they kind of take it out like there's there's all these iterations of things that they keep throwing at this boot and spending more money and more money and more money to try to figure this boot out but they don't have the baseline skill set to ski them and so the boot fit okay it was narrow enough but because these boots were set up for a certain skill set they never find they can feel comfortable and balanced in the boots. And they spent like thousands of dollars because they thought a narrower fitting boot was going to solve their problem with their fit. But the the way the boots are, are these boots are, are set up out of the box, what they're designated for, doesn't match for them. And it it turns out to be a really a backwards situation. When they yeah. thought they were going for it, instead they were actually going backwards.
0: Yeah. And you know what? It's probably worth mentioning. Here. I don't think we've maybe talked about it or deliberately here, but so, you know, you go in the shop and you go, you find out or you look online that the Fisher Podium GT is 96 millimeters wide in the forefoot. So it's a 96 millimeter last. But some people know this, but others may not. The sizing or that last changes Per size down and up so can you just speak to that so people might realize that they have a small foot and actually a 96 millimeter last and they have a 92 millimeter foot maybe they will fit i'll let you speak to this uh size difference
1: correct and that and that's where these numbers things get a little confusing so almost every manufacturer when they rate their their boots let's say you say oh it's a 96 millimeter last but that's at 26.5 almost every manufacturer for their free ride unisex boots use 26.5 as what they call the reference last so when they say oh it's a 96 millimeter lasted boot well that's at 26.5 at 25.5 almost every manufacturer drops down about two millimeters so it's a 20 it's it's a 94 at 25.5 it's a 92 at 24.5, okay? And at 23, it's a 90, okay? Yeah. And it becomes an 88 at 22. So, like, you're saying, well, you know, I've got, you know, like a 94 millimeter foot, right? And I'm a 23.5. Wait a minute. That's a 90. So, you're actually in a boot that's actually narrower than your foot, right? So you re- a lot of people do not need to go as narrow as a 92, 93 millimeter boot. These boots were designed to be downsized and they were designed to be punched and stretched and ground to make you fit. I mean, there's, there's a lot of World Cup racers with 102 millimeter feet okay, at width and they're in a 92 lasted boot because there's a technician who worked all that out and they're used to being compressed like that. If your feet are not being used to being compressed at that level, all right, then you don't need a extremely narrow boot, okay? You can, if you want a snugger fit in the ankle, get yourself a really good ZipFit liner. Lots of choices in the in the ZipFit range, or you can go to a foam injection or you go to Intuition. But, like, for performance, you know, ZipFit is, like, one of the greatest things out there. Right. You can snug up the fit without having to go to a narrower boot. You get all the performance without having to get all the paint. All right.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: So like the 96 lasted boot is kind of like that end range for the, the consumer high performance boot. And you just put in a better liner and a booster strap and you kind of dial it in with all your, your goodies you don't need to go to a plug boot until you're really ready for the trade-off that you're going to make going to a plug boot. you got to know what That's you're right. willing to get up. you got to give up something to get something. It's not going to be this, you know, I get everything and give up nothing. Okay?
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're serious about stepping up your skiing skills, listen up. I've been working closely with the Carve team for over four years, and they've just unveiled a groundbreaking feature active coaching mode and here's the lowdown launch it at the top of your run and go through a quick calibration with 10 turns and it sets a baseline just below your current skill level from there every turn is a challenge adapting on the fly to your skill terrain and conditions no fluff just a gamified experience pushing you to ski better every turn it does this by using a super thin insole lined with small pressure sensors and motion detectors it's like having a personal coach analyzing your every move And here's the sweet part. If you hit a hot streak with excellent form and you're in for double or triple points, it's addictive, rewarding. Like I said, it's a very gamified experience and it transforms every run into a step towards better skiing. If you're intrigued, and you should be, check out Carve and dive into active coaching mode. Just Google Get Carve to find out more and as a bonus, enter code GELLY15 to take 15% off. It's amazing. I've heard from the Carve team that now nearly over a third of the users are using active coaching mode when they go out and ski with it. So why not give it a try yourself? Now, Brent, we've talked uh, before, and if people follow me, they'll know I'm sort of an advocate of not having much, if anything under my my foot, other than a, a flatter insole. Uh, and this is compared to like a custom molded one. And I just want to, I guess clarify some stuff here we we had a good discussion offline before but let's see if we can bring it back some of the points that I think we both agree on in terms of it's not a good or a bad thing there are just things that you get when you have uh an insole that is shaped to the so- to the bottom of your foot or even ch- changes the way it naturally sits on on the ground and there are things that happen and certain environments boot setups where perhaps a, a a flatter insole has different outcomes so so that's kind of the topic and um i was interested you went out and you tried basically pretty much a flat insole a little bit of something under the arch to just feel it but can you talk of that story first before we then go into like when a, when an insole is a is a really good helpful thing at your stage of skiing and when perhaps even taking that away a bit why that what that might give you
1: yeah so this this whole thing i mean it it really comes from there's always when you hit these high level elite level of skiing skill sets you inevitably hit this question like do i need footbeds at this point i mean i've had footbeds i grew up with footbeds i had footbeds molded footbeds but now i'm like downsized in this really high performance boot There's not a lot of room in there. I feel pretty good with my feet just on the bottom of the boot. Do I need these? And I think the best way to explain it is that as the boot gets closer and closer to your foot, right, as you progress into a snugger and snugger fit, because that's this natural evolution, right? You start off with a boot. You bought it at, you know, like the parking lot sale 20 years ago. It was too big. It was too wide. You know, somebody said, get a pair of footbeds. It was magically much better. And that was, yeah, it was great. That was right? me. I went yep. through that. Okay. Yep. Footbeds were magic. It made the, everything ski better. And then you went, oh, the line is packed out. And then you got properly measured and you got down to a smaller boot, a snugger fitting boot. And then you're like, skied that for a few years and went, what if we go even a little snugger, right? And you just, everything gets closer and closer to your foot that footbed starts to fade in its overall importance because that boot is now becoming the support to your foot. So, and and I've played with it myself. I went out, end of the season, I, got, I brought my old race boots out. I had a foam injection liner in there and I had footbeds in there and I checked my feet in these things and I was like, I don't feel like I'm on the bottom of this boot right fit me six years ago five years ago and actually fit i mean they felt like they fit but i was thinking in my head going i want my feet i want my feet on the really on the bottom like the bottom bottom so i took the footbeds out and just put a stock insole in there and i was like boom my feet went in there and then they hit the bottom and they kind of got to spread out and i felt really natural it just felt really like the light bulb went on my like ah right my feet are here. Little bit of an arch cookie on the right because I have a taller arch, and there was a little bit of a gap, so I just got a little scaphoid pad, a little foam cushion, and glued it on, and cut it off with some scissors, and chucked it in there, and went out and skied on it. And I went back and forth. Actually, I had I put my footbeds back in there, went skied on it, and then I took the footbeds out and just put my pseudo footbeds in there, the flat ones with a little tiny foam cushion, and skied it again, and. There was definitely a difference, and the difference was, I felt more precise. I felt more like I could really make the ski work through the turn progressively. I could feel like I get the ski out a little farther. I really felt more connected with the ski without the added footbed. Now, would I do that for my powder boots and my my powder setup? No. Do I have footbeds in my touring absolutely i'm walking i'm climbing i'm doing all these other maneuvers i don't fit the boot quite as tight or snug i'm not downsized in those boots and so my custom footbeds are like yeah yeah absolutely positively but in these race boots i'm downsized i'm tight i already got a foam injection liner in there so i am snug as a bug um without the added resistance underneath my foot i got a different feel a much Mm -hmm. different And in the end, the feel was, for me, for performance, was better. Okay? Did my feet feel great? Did my feet feel like, ah, how would a refreshing two and a half hours? No. I definitely feel like the muscles in my feet were working because that's what I wanted them to do. I wanted my feet to work inside the boots and make that nice entry and exit. And I feel like everything that's going on. So I had to trade something. If I had my footbeds in there, I could probably skied lazier. I could have skied more, a little bit more chill, but I don't think I could get the skis on higher edge angles. I don't think I could have had quite the same feeling. I don't think I could have made the ski carve the way I was without the resistance underneath my feet. So I gave something up to get something.
0: Yeah. Like we were saying, so there's not, it's not like a good or a bad thing. It's just what? Yeah. The, the environment that your foot is working within. It's going to respond and work differently depending what's under. That's all it is. It's just that that boot is an environment that your foot ha- is working, has to work within. And so the the shape of it, the type of material even under there like I think there would be – you'd probably even have a massive difference if you had a a custom insole that had a certain type of foam across the top versus a custom insole that was really thin and had a layer of carbon. You would have been sure. able to speak to like a different feeling and,
1: yeah. and you know, I mean, yeah. In, in hindsight, at this point, let's say – I quit my day job (laughs) and I just go out and I race train. I just want to be a master ski racer and I just want to race train. You know what? I'd put a footbed back in there, but I'd probably make it out of carbon fiber. I'd make a special carbon fiber insole. I probably wouldn't put anything over the top of that dang thing and no cushion. I just, I'd be hard on the deck with the contour of my foot in its most conservative form in that race boot. And that's what that would have taught me. Like I get this really natural feel. I'm on the bottom of the boot. I got minimal material between me and the bottom of that boot. And I can get, but I'm getting a lot of information. And yet I have just enough little bit of support for my type of anatomy and biomechanics that I'm getting just enough to allow me to race train all day. Okay. Yep. So now,
0: do you want to speak to like, cause then it brought up, it's like, okay, but people listening. And, you know, there's definitely, you know, people have had some really great experiences where they've, maybe they've skied for five years and then they get taken into a shop and they get custom installs. They come out and skiing is much easier. Hallelujah. It is more enjoyable. It's easier to do all this sort of stuff. Do you want to maybe speak to one of the things that like a footbed can help with if you're yeah, in that realm and you're maybe not the most athletic person that's really, you know, agile on their feet. Yeah. What is that footbed kind of helping to give that good experience that people talk about?
1: Well, the things I noticed right away with a footbed and I, I test a lot of boots, um, especially at the end of the season, new products come out. And so manufacturers, they provide boots to test. And so, okay, I get a pair of test boots. Now they're almost always 26.5. Because that's their reference size and that's what their first production is. So, for the tests, they usually don't have a range of sizes. So, like, well, maybe have a 27.5, maybe have a 26.5. If you're lucky, they might have made a 25.5, but it's almost always 26.5, 27. So, I get a pair of 26.5s and that's a little big on me, right? So, it's just a little bit on the big side. So, I throw a, bear, a good pair of custom footbeds in there. And the thing I noticed right away with the custom footbed is that that passive resistance through the arch and stuff. Gives you a lot of tactile feel, right? You feel everything underneath your foot. And so when you're just kind of rolling from edge to edge, zero to up to maybe 30 degrees, you feel good. Like the passive resistance of the footbed gives you a lot of comfort and control immediately. It's just very easy to make things happen. It's when you push past 30 degrees. When you're trying to get everything to topple, uh, the footbed starts to shift what you're feeling. And for many skiers, right, we don't go past 30 degrees. I mean, yeah. I'm a powder gray. I am not laying no. it out. I don't want my inside hand on the snow. That's retarded, right? I am popping and floating and I'm kind of, you know, smearing and having a really good time. I'm not using big edge angles. So it's great. But at a certain point, in terms of the fit, if, if, if I were to take those same full custom footbeds with the support that they offer me in a boot that's a little bit bigger or a boot that's a little more relaxed in the fit and put them in a downsized, very snug-fitting race-type boot, even if I trim them just right, the way they're going to fit and feel, what they're going to deliver at all phases of the turn is going to be very, very different. And they, it could be different to the point of negative. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with the full custom footbed within most of the range of having fun and skiing and enjoying yep. ourselves. But when we're yep. pushing the envelope, when we're looking to push for bigger edge angles, and we're looking to push what we need to do to get our feet to ski, right? We're skiing with our feet. We got to think a little more outside the box.
0: Yeah, because so I think I liked what you said. You know, for uh, like an intermediate person, that footbed is helping, kind of contain their balance a little bit. Because I mean, skiing is all about balance, and you know, steeper runs you're challenged in terms of whoa, leaned too far or back or whatever. That footbed kind of reins you into a certain zone that that you don't breach as much. So the the that experience possibly that people are having that's enjoyable is like suddenly someone is helping this this device in their ski boot. It's helping them keep within a nice balanced range, so they can they've got time to react. It's not like too late before they before they lose it. Um, yeah, and I was saying to you, you know, working with with people that I work with, training their bodies in the off season for for ski season. Many of these people, I find, you know we we work on their feet we work on their balance and knees and it's terrible like they're not even moving it's just in their living room on the on the hardwood floor and i get them to try and do these balance maneuvers using the side and the front and the edge and then one foot or not and they're terrible and so of course if you give them a footbed and say right just try and stay balanced doing it it's going to be easier but then like you said it's going to keep you within a smaller zone you're going to have that balance and control but you're outsourcing that kind of containment of balance to a device instead of learning to have the agility and the, and the reactions, the balanced reflexes, muscle activation to do it, your do it yourself. So yeah. Why a lot of people like don't rip your footbeds out, like after hearing something like this, because you're probably going to have to go through some training. Like even you, you did it all season. Sure. Your feet are obviously like, just like anything, do lots of squats. You can eventually get more and more weight on your back. But you can't just go great. Squatting heavy is going to make me stronger. I'm going to put 250 pounds on. You got to start small and 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 build your way up.
1: And there's so, and there's the progression with the boot as well. You can't just you know say oh, I'm taking the footbeds out of my boot and it's going to work. Like you do have to downsize. You have to go to a much snugger fit. That's i.e. the plug boot. That's the whole concept of it was. Plug boots actually run a little bit bigger than their average than their their the than their rated size. They're actually longer inside, so you can downsize. And mm-hmm. so another people, the people understand with plug boots is that you have to downsize with these. You can't just go, oh, I'm a 26.5, therefore I'm a 26.5 plug boot. No, you're probably a 25-5. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so there, when you downsize, that boot's closer underneath all the points where a footbed would be working, so the boot becomes the footbed. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. And so
1: you have to make these legitimate moves and progressions to understand why that footbed isn't really central anymore. It's now faded into the background and the boot and the fit and the the angles and that boot now become central yep. okay? yeah okay it, it, yeah it inverts the picture as we've been taught right yeah gotta, gotta have a footbed got i mean you know okay now it's inverted gotta have the boot closer to the foot and the footbed now becomes sort of like this fine-tuning device if at all right if you know, many racers don't use the footbed because they yeah. don't, that they're on the bottom of the they're getting all the information they need. They don't want another layer of material in there. So
0: that they have to filters filter that information away. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So yeah. Totally. It's, it's just, it shifts that picture. Immensely. Yeah. So in, in, I hope
0: ready. that, I hope this has helped. This conversation has helped people maybe, Understand, and that's just listeners, other boot fitters, you know, people that have listened to conversations you and I have had, Brent, around this topic, and maybe given a little bit more context as to, yeah, reasons why we choose certain things uh, in our boot setup, but but also for those people on their own journey, a little bit more information again on, you know, what you're getting into, and you know, don't get ahead of yourself you know until you've really rung out like everything in in your current sort of setup before moving up and realize there's just trade-offs things things change it's not better not worse just certain aspects attributes get stronger others others get less and so if you yeah. think about that you weigh it up and and that's what you where you want to be going sure like go, go into it but uh yeah any final words from you on on this discussion
1: Anything you've got into your gear, right? Like you, your current boot setup and your footbeds, and as long as you're four and a half balanced, right? You you feel balanced on your ski and you're on a good 14, 16, 18 meter radius, radius sort of carving type ski, you can wring the crap out of that stuff. I mean, you can go out and rail, okay. You don't have to have a World Cup ski. You don't have to have the hottest ship and the one that the, the ratings are five star and all that. You can take your current setup and tune it and dial it in and rip and learn how to rip on it. And when you've completely wrung every little performance out of what you got and you go, oh, I want more. Now you're ready. Yeah. OK, now you're ready to move up to the next piece of gear and appreciate it your gear's not going to ski for you. It's what you nope. put in. Right. Yeah. And so jumping around, like, Oh, I'm going to buy this ski. I'm going to buy this boot. I'm going to buy this. It's rated like this and this and this is going to make me a better skier. I hate to tell you folks, it ain't, it's, it's the time on the Hill putting muscular effort and skills into what you got that teaches you how to go to the next level.
0: Yep. That makes me think of that lady you sent, some footage and you said do you think this person what they're doing here is down to their boot setup or their, or their sort of technical skill level i was like that is all skill what she's doing and what they were doing there that was just probably better off loosening the boots going out and doing just drills and learning yeah. to to balance and yeah yeah well, i totally agree i think a lot of people go down the boot equipment path when they haven't, like you said, really pushed rung you know, everything out. It really pushed how much they can yeah, challenge their balance and technique. Yeah. So I mean, it's great. Uh, but I've, I've gotten
1: gear I've gotten gear. I you know, I've gotten boots I was like, oh, I got the pro model. And I went out and skied on it and went, this thing's too much for me. And what I did is I went and got the two flexes softer. And it skied better. So like sometimes we have to check our egos, right?
0: Like totally.
1: Yeah. I'd rather have a boot that I can wring the crap out of it as opposed to one that like I can't I can't make it happen. Oh it's it's pretty, it's yellow, it's shiny, it's the one that's on the magazine cover, but I ski like crap in it.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it ain't. It. Yep. Right. It ain't. <laughs> so, awesome. That's that's all I'm saying. That's great. Well, thanks very much, Brent, for your time. And I hope this is really informative and, and helps people enjoy more days skiing. Some of you may already know that I've been advising Carve and working with the team for some time now. And this year, the team has come up with probably some of the most exciting developments to date. They've been working on representing the most fun parts of skiing in their system. They've developed three brand new metrics, progressive edging, early weight transfer and one that measures the g-force in a turn and that one i have to say i got to try it out this winter in australia and that is really fun this new addition is going to be incredible for anyone who's looking to really push their skiing up a notch now what's even more interesting for this year is the system now detects what terrain you're on and pulls that into your ski iq score This is a huge change and a great upgrade because sometimes it would only really score well if you were skiing on perfectly groomed snow. Now it's going to accommodate and adjust whether you're skiing in steeper slopes, more chopped up snow or firmer snow. So this is a very big change that I think is massive kudos to the team to keep pushing and progressing the app even further. If you're the kind of skier that is looking for a tool to help push your technique that little bit further, then you should definitely check out what Carve can do. Use the code GELLIE15, that's G-E-L-L-I-E-1-5, to get 15% off for the next two weeks.